that performance was pretty weak, man. I told you, why didn't you guys save the embarrassment and get on your knees and beg for mercy? Now I told you, you were nothing but a homecoming opponent. And you saw what happens to you. You get beat down up and down the field. So now, why don't you guys pack it up, get out of my stadium, now that you just admitted that we're the greatest and stare out of my face. Now can you dig it? Only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? All right, Cowboys 41, Eagles 21 is your final from AT&T Stadium. We've got Father John Mishota standing by live from AT&T Stadium for some live reaction. And also, we've got Saad Youssef and Kevin KT Turner to break this all down. Welcome in to the About Them Cowboys podcast. Kent Garrison here running things. This podcast is presented by Visa. Visa is a network working for everyone. Everything was working for the Dallas Cowboys tonight, KT. And I think what stuck out to me the most, just kind of my thesis coming out of the game, is it's just so obvious tonight how much further along the Cowboys are in this division, how much further ahead they are on a pure talent standpoint if they can stay healthy and play up to their standards. Um, and the defense was flying around tonight. Those, that's what stuck out to me. Yeah, no, I agree. And I was thinking, like, it's been a, it's the first time in a long time that it feels like we had the Cowboys winning a game by multiple scores kind of very handily. Well, it feels like every time the Cowboys win a game in the last uh, couple years, it always feels like it's always like a nail-biter. Kind of, kind of over from the start. Like, it was, you know, 20-7 to 7 at halftime, and it felt like it was 38-7 to 7 or 41-7. to 7. Was it kind of like that all night for you, John? Yeah, it really was, and there were just a lot of opportunities there where I felt like if Philadelphia was a better team, they could have taken advantage of them. I mean, everything was going in the Cowboys' favor, and then all of a sudden that Fletcher Cox fumble recovery looked like could have been called an interception, whatever it was, touchdown. They got them at 7-7. Seven, seven, you're just kind of like, you can't give away plays like this. I mean, this team is not on, on your level. You could just tell from the very beginning. But then you give away plays like that, and then all of a sudden it allows the team to have life and keeps them in the game. Um, but one thing I, I have to point out is just how electric it was in this place. Like it felt like a playoff game in here. I'm going to tell you right now that Jimmy Johnson at halftime, when he said, how about them Cowboys? That is as loud as this place can possibly get. It can't get any louder than that. Like it was so crazy how loud it got in there. There was no question that they had to heard that in the locker room, uh, before they came out for the second half. Cause it got that. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, I wasn't, I mean, I was expecting him to say that I didn't expect the crowd to get as loud as it did. And it just, from the very beginning, you could just tell everybody was like really into this game. Obviously, a Monday night game against a division rival like that. You know, Jimmy Johnson, all these Troy Aikman, all these former players are here. It just was the makings of just like the perfect. It's it was exactly what you'd want out of like a home playoff game. You know, in, in a game that you really want to you, you got to win to advance. And it also helps that uh, looks like the Eagles just really aren't that good, uh, particularly <laughs> at the quarterback position. Jalen Hurts um, sucks. Uh, we'll, we can talk about that later. Uh, Dylan Hurts sucks. I'll throw that out there. He sucks. Man. Uh, yeah. Man, that looked rough. Um, but for as negative as we are in here sometimes, I have to give a lot of credit to the defense. Uh, not only like the pick six, obviously that's a huge play by Trayvon Diggs, but there were just some moments there where the Eagles are kind of getting back into it. And for one, uh, uh, that series right after Dak didn't get in, even though it looked pretty clear that he got in, and they took over at, at their own one. And that's that's a that's a situation right there where they could have got four or five yards and kind of got out of the back of their end zone. And for the Cowboys to get a three and out there, that was just I thought that was a big time statement, especially when you factor in 
the injuries they have, guys that weren't out there. It wasn't like that their defense was 100%. I was kind of surprised at the beginning that Micah Parsons was going to stay at edge rusher just because of the fact with Jalen Hurts. I, I, I felt like it would be a better decision to kind of spy him, but uh, the plan obviously worked out. Uh, you know, he was able to get a lot of pressure. Uh, Osa Digizua, like they're just, I mean, even Chauncey Golston getting in there, you know, just like young playmakers on the defense. Randy. That, that kind of not only were good tonight, but give you kind of the feeling that they really are, are possibly building something over there, which just seems crazy to even think about from where they were not even 365 days ago, just, you know, at the end of last season. It's a whole different story on defense compared to last year at this time. <laughs> when your hands in the air and, okay, well, we'll give them time to figure it out. These guys are playing hard from the beginning, you know, every game. And I think part of that, like, clearly – it's very easy to, to call out someone like Micah Parsons or Trevon Diggs. But the way they play is just different. They haven't had guys like that. And it's almost not like – it's not like not – no offense intended at anyone else. You just needed another wave of dudes who are all 100% down to business, let's go, from the beginning every day. I mean, it sounds generic, but like that tone setting thing that matters on defense and they swagger. got it with those dudes. They got to have, they got, they need yeah. attitude. They need swagger and now they have it. And Micah brought it too, because you can have swagger, but if you're not the guy in the field, that's also making plays. That yeah. Doesn't really you gotta make plays. That, 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 that's what I mean. They're but, making plays. Uh, that's where the swagger comes from is the plays they're making, you know? But here's the thing, like to get a de- to get a defensive player like that that has that swagger like that and and plays and puts up like that, especially as a rookie, you generally have to do it very early in the draft. You have to do it within like take top five, six, seven picks, and they were lucky to get him at twelve because he is a top five pick. Yeah, and also I think it's it's also consistency of doing it from the from the beginning and all the way through the end. Like I know Trayvon Diggs, you know the pick six was impressive, but there was that play, the pass breakup that he had in the fourth quarter. Um, on Jalen Rager, which was also really nice, the tackle that he had. So it's not like, you know, it wasn't flashes. We saw flashes in the past. I I think a good example, actually, of a guy, you know, we talked about Jordan Lewis and how he's a ball magnet. I feel like he flashes every now and then. um, And and then it's not really a consistent throughout the entire game thing. And when you talk about Trayvon Diggs, it's not about the pick six, honestly. Like, I mean, the pick six was great, but Anthony Brown has had pick sixes before. Like, these guys have... There's guys on this roster that have done this before, but to have a complete game is where I think the difference is. Yeah, and then when's the last time you've just had a DB like that have three picks in three games? Like, like yeah. it's not even like you know you can have a pick here or there, and you're kind of like, well, this guy was due; he hasn't had a pick in forever. But to like to do it in three, like it's pretty obvious that they watch film during the week and they're seeing that hey. Seven is a guy we have to worry about. Well, let's not throw to uh, anywhere near him. He also has Devonte Smith. He has Jalen Hurts are guys that he played with in college. They know what he's capable of, and he still gets a play like that. I mean, that's the that's the difference maker type stuff that like leaves you. I tweeted this during the game, scratching your head at like, how does this guy fall to fifty one? The Cowboys could have taken him over Ceedee Lamb in the first round, and nobody would even be sitting here today saying other anything other than, yeah, no, he's a first round pick. That's what we expect him to make plays like that. To get him at fifty one was a complete steal. I, it's also kind of ironic that today the Panthers traded for C.J. Henderson, the cornerback at uh, Florida who went to, to Jacksonville. And, like, the, uh, you know, the, the Panthers acquired him. And I, was, I, I got curious and I started looking at the other cornerbacks. And I was like, there's Jeff yeah, Ladney. Yeah, who went uh, first? Jimmy, go in order there. Uh, I wrote it down. Yeah, just name, the, just name who went first. 
Uh, yeah, Jeff Okuda. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs is a million times better than him. A million uh, times. Jeff Okuda can't stay on the field. He's still, I think he's out again this season, isn't he? He is. Oh, yeah. he is. Again. Even when he's been on the field, he hasn't played that well. He's yeah. not played like a top five pick. Uh, C.J. Henderson, who got traded again, uh, might deal with him with the Panthers next week. At 16, it was A.J. T- uh, Terrell in Atlanta, who's been good, but he's hurt now. Um, Damon Arnett in Las Vegas, uh, the Ohio State cornerback. Uh, Noah Ibbagini, oh, it was, it was such a problem. The Dolphins took uh, Ibbagini, yeah, it was a problem at the time. The Vikings and Jeff Gladney, the TCU kid, I think the Vikings cut him. Um Let's see, uh, Jalen Johnson of the Bears. He's he's a pretty good player, and then yeah. you know Trevon Diggs at fifty one. I mean, he was the eighth or ninth corner taken in that draft. And look, every team's got their story with with that type of guy too. The Cowboys have one on offense with Dak. It's just to me, I just thought it was real ironic. I uh, I didn't even think about it until that pick six happened, and I was like, oh man, yeah, the C.J. Henderson got traded today, and just kind of piecing it all together like holy cow they got real lucky so we were talking about the cowboys maybe taking cj henderson yeah pick 17 oh yeah i'm sure sure glad they got the guy they got because he is a game changer we um, we were talking you know when we were doing the tears episode about uh, you know when the jury's kind of still out on trevon like we're at week three and i'm already convinced like he's the dude you know like he's gonna be the dude i think as long as he can stay healthy i think i've seen enough uh from the mental side to see to see like this guy's got a high football IQ and he can really make some plays. So I was anticipating like week eight, we'd still be talking about like how he was coming on, but like we're already at week three and I'm already convinced. Yeah. And there's going to be, there's going to be games where he gives up some big plays. I mean, that's just going to sure. happen. Yeah. When you play no, I'll take that. The, I'll take that. When you play the aggressive style that he plays, yeah, yeah you're going to have that but man. The, I mean, he really does have the hands of a wide receiver and that's just so rare because generally speaking, when you have that elite athleticism that he does, you're, you're almost always, you just stay at wide receiver when you have hands like that, but then to be rotated over to play DB to be cool with it. And then to continue to elevate your game to the point where like, I don't think he's played his best ball yet. Uh, yeah, it's, and then it just stands out even more in the Cowboys just because they just don't have guys like that. If he, if he got drafted by the Ravens and was doing this or the Steelers, you'd kind of be like, yeah, they find guys like this, but like, Cowboys haven't had guys like this in a long time. And so to see that in a big moment like this against, you know, the Eagles division team, Monday night football on top of what he's done already. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, a lot of positives there, but um, KT, let's just talk about the one negative real quick. What, uh, what were you thinking right before halftime when Mike McCarthy didn't call <laughs> that timeout? Cause Mike said after the game that he was comfortable with their lead and he didn't want to risk anything happening. And so he was fine going into the into the locker room with, with the score at where it was. And that was actually the final question he took, and that was it. No follow-up. I told one of my detractors online that I wasn't going to bring it up. But oh, I, I, it. I, I, had, I, had, I had to because it is one of those things, like we said last week, where you're just kind of like, yeah, hey, you get a win. So, you, you, you know, those things kind of get tossed to the wayside. But you're just kind of like, well, what if one of those things ends up costing you a game that you, that you should win? And uh, – um, here I can point out let, here with one negative. Well, no, I will then let me point time. out a positive. Let me point out a positive then. While that might have been a questionable decision, people might have said that it was a questionable decision to not kick the field goal there and then to go for it on fourth down on the on the touchdown pass in the back where Dak rolled out and find, found Cedric Wilson. Oh, Peyton, Peyton Manning thought it was a very right. questionable decision. Right. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I want to point out, <laughs> I tweeted this. It was really 
it was kind of wild the way that that whole thing went down. Because from our vantage point in the press box, you can see the Cowboys bench real well. And generally, when the offense is on the field, the defense is kind of all on all the benches. and They're with the coaches, and they're kind of going over adjustments that they need to make for the next series. And, that. and when instead of running out Zerline, when they ran out Cedric Wilson, everybody got off the defensive side of the bench. Everybody got up on the sideline and, and was like, we got to see what, what, what's going on here. Like, like, I think everybody was genuinely surprised. Like, oh, they're okay. They're going to go for this right here, mainly because they've ran so many other plays in the red zone. They didn't work. And then to have that play work, you're kind of like, why didn't you run this one before? So uh, that was a wild sequence there, even though, even if they don't get it there, I think it's pretty obvious they still win the game, but it was, it was interesting to watch that go down. I was frustrated. I was so furious at the time. Like I was texting you guys. I was like, what, (laughs) what is it? What's going on right now? But after hearing his response, after hearing his response, can you imagine if Dak had thrown a pick or something? Or, you know, and they, and, and that would have been the response. It's like, God, Mike, just kneel the ball, get into the half, you know? So, like, I'm sure he's willing to take, like, the criticism of going in it for the half instead of, like, the opposite, like, the, the worst case scenario there. I, I totally sure. see Mike's point there, uh, and I did not expect to. Go ahead, Zod. I, I just don't think 20 to 7 is enough of a lead for you to really sit on. I, like, I, I understand. And it, and it all goes back to really what the, what the identity of your team is. If your team is a defensive identity team, then you can you can rest on your defense, but if you're an offensive team, then you have to go for it every chance that you get. And that it was, and it wasn't like you're gonna have like you know the 47 seconds that Aaron Rodgers had. You were gonna have like a minute something to go. Um, I, I just think that you know you really have to take it at that point. You're saying Jalen Jalen Hurts can't drive the field in 20 seconds well, with no time. Just, That's what you're well, saying. Hold on, I, I was just about to say, well, like he's really gonna like Mike's gonna go to the podium and go. Did you guys see their quarterback? <laughs> like I, I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about them driving the length of the field. I'm worried about us having like some kind of a freak turnover, like that scored their touchdown on. So let's just not even put ourselves in that position, because frankly, we don't think this guy can go up and down the field on us. And which is crazy to think about, because again, this is a defense that last year we were, we were like, this is the worst defense I've ever seen. And so for it to make the turnaround, I mean, obviously they added some pieces, but to make such a turnaround the way that they have, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Dan Quinn. His excuse before the half, though, let me just get off my chest. His excuse before the half is complete bullshit because, dude, he was clearly thinking about it, and he was clearly he. There was a point on his face where the ref comes over and says, like, "Are you sure you don't want to take a timeout?" Like, <laughs> He's like, "No, I'm sure." You can tell <laughs> Even the ref sure. was like, "Dude, uh, let I me think just, you need to take clear." Let me just throw out a suggestion. Uh, a lot of other coaches take take timeouts. Do you want to take? No, you don't. Okay, cool. <laughs> There's a lot of cowboy fans who like rewound it at halftime, just like, okay, what actually but, happened here? But it I, does I, make it it does make it worse though when you have the well, Peyton Eli show on and then and Peyton is losing his mind about it. That only adds fuel to the fire. Dude, Peyton was losing his mind about it at 45 seconds left though. <laughs> no, he was. Yeah, I, I put a video up on uh, my Twitter account at KT Fun Tweets, and I put a Twitter up a Twitter video up and just kind of walked through it, and I was like, you take the time out at 1:30. Or 145. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of yeah. time on the clock. It was second and 31, and they threw a slant route to Rager that got clearly five to eight yards. Right. So you've got a third and 24. I can at least – and I really – you almost gave up the, the third down on, on that little swing pass to Miles Sanders. Like, I almost get not taking it then. Like, after that, right. I get it because it's fourth and five at the 50. Philadelphia might be like, screw it. What do I have to lose? To me, right before third and 24 with a minute 40 left – 
bang the time out, as Garrett would say, and then here you Dang go. It. You can draw out a you have time to talk about a good defensive plan on third and twenty four against Jalen Hurts. And my God, Bo Wolf, who was on the, the preview podcast today, I mean he nailed it. Jalen Hurts can only roll to his right. That's it's amazing. I mean, every time. Roll up, panic, roll to my right. Oh, it's so bad. So but you know, I don't kill McCarthy. Whatever. I I'm very yeah. I find myself very thankful that we have a a, a Dan Quinn. And I also want to say this. I thought a very balanced offensive tack in the first half, especially in another good game plan from Kellen from the, from the beginning. Uh, you know, the seven-minute drive in the second quarter, obviously a thing of beauty. But, man, getting it's Dalton Schultz uh, involved, the tight end screens, the running attack from both running backs. Whatever wide receiver you want, we'll find a way to get him the ball. A deep shot to CeeDee Lamb early. I just thought it was just another great, great. It's easy to go and oh, great offense did good. Praise Kellen, but again, very off balance. Philadelphia didn't know it was coming. Okay, speaking of which, like we get to watch practice, and obviously they're not going to do these plays, and we get to see. What about Connor McGovern playing fullback? Who saw that coming? Like it seems like every week there's just like a little, little something new wrinkle. I mean, last week we saw. Uh, Tyron and some of the offensive linemen li- lining up out wide, you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it wasn't a perfect game, but when you, all things considered, you're just like, oh, and then here, let me, let me just throw in probably even the best news of, of all of this is uh, after the game, they said that there's no injuries to report. I mean, anytime you get to get through one of these games, especially a division game like this without any injuries to report, I mean, that's, that's a huge, huge win. I mean, you saw the Eagles lose some, some key players in this game, or at least go down for a little bit. So, um, you know, these, I mean, these, there's some big hits in these games, you know, and uh, yeah. to come out without any injuries, I thought was pretty big. Yeah. Also, I mean, just Cedric Wilson also, I, I know that one catch down the sideline didn't count and, and everything, but just for him, the way that he plays and the way that he and Dak are on the same page, mm-hmm. like that play in the red zone there, it didn't really work like that. That, that wasn't how it was supposed to go. And for Cedric Wilson was right on cue with it. So I think he had a really good game as well. It is interesting they bring him in on that play because Dak likes to say about how Cedric has a background, uh, former quarterback, and how so when they talk over plays and go over different things, they're generally on the same page, and, and maybe that's something that factored in on that play. That's a good point, though, Si. How about Ezekiel Elliott, boys? 95 yards rushing on 17 carries, two touchdowns. The dude was... I mean, he came to play tonight. He had some had some fire. I don't know if it was Monday night or Philadelphia or what, but it looked like the old Zeke, John. Well, he's been hearing the noise. There's no question about that. He's been hearing, you know, the criticism, mm-hmm. the people talking about the contract, Tony Pollard having the big game. I think all of that factors in that uh, he was running hard. I mean, not that I don't I don't think there's ever times he doesn't run hard, just the breaking tackles making the big runs. We don't really see that as much. And so uh, it was very clear early on that he was trying to set the tone. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Randall, I'm sure he wishes he had a couple more carries and could have got over 100. But, uh, yeah, he certainly played well. So they split them pretty evenly. They got uh, Tony Pollard got 11 carries for 60 yards, too. So they each averaged five and a half yards uh, even. So that, that seems like a great game plan from last week carrying over to this week. KT, go ahead. You, you, well, KT, real quick, you trying to, uh, you trying to pay Dalton Schultz? Uh, no, huh. not, not yet. Not he's really improved, Jarwin. He's really improved. I think you need, uh, I don't know. He reminds me of Witten a lot. He really does. Like just his, his style of play and 
and you know where when they go to him at points of the game and stuff really m- reminds me of of his skill set. So I don't know. I mean, it, it really it all it's all about what they want. I mean, Jarwin's much more of a stretch the field uh, dynamic playmaker than than Dalton Schultz. So I it's just know. interesting that they score all these points in this game, and you're just like, well, Amari didn't really do much. Oh yeah. yeah, hey, remember that Michael Gallup? He's hurt. He's not even playing. Like you didn't hear uh, much about Demarcus Jar- Lawrence, Jarwin. right? Yeah, not oh, yeah, but I meant, I meant, well, I meant just on the offense. And then they're yeah. scoring all these points because they have so many other options. And obviously the game planning is working. And I know Peyton pointed that out during uh, their broadcast about how important it is for Dak to stay in that same system year after year. And you kind of just get in a rhythm where you know kind of you guys are on the same page and that. And that's where you all of a sudden see all these other playmakers, you know, making making plays. And, and you know, I know there's times where people will be like, yeah, you can't, don't mention this Cowboys offense in the same breath as the Rams or the Chiefs. Well, you can certainly do that, especially when they're healthy. No, absolutely. You know, yeah. Go ahead, Todd. Well, well real quick, I, I think another guy, Terrence Steele, I mean, just for not being a disaster the last two weeks, I think he deserves credit <laughs> for that. And, it, and he hasn't been bad. So I think, you know, the, what the expectation was, we can talk about the skill guys filling in, but Terrence Steele is also doing a fine job. And Jalen Hargrave and Fletcher Cox are two of the best uh, defensive tackles. the best that might be the best defensive tackle tandem you play all year. Maybe Washington comes into play. Um, so I thought that they were able to run early was huge um, because not everyone does that against them, and they were able to do that. Now again, it wasn't the most explosive night on the ground or anything like that. They had they were in a stat on. Uh, and it was basically the Cowboys under Dak are twenty six and zero when they run the ball more than they throw it. I, I think it's a perfect example though of getting ahead, and that's how you use the running game. I, honestly, in the second half, Dak took a few more hits than I would have liked for my taste. At some point, I was kind of like, "What are we even doing right now? Just hand it off! Like, let's stop with the rollouts and stuff like that." But you know, it, it's twenty seven to fourteen, and that's me being a little naive because twenty seven to fourteen felt like thirty eight to fourteen. Just because the Cowboys dominated the entire game front to back. It's funny you say that about starting fast because I'm telling you, when they lost the coin toss, and Zeke was one of the captains out there, and the Eagles deferred, Zeke was like celebrating as he ran to the sideline. Like it was like, this is exactly what we wanted. Even if we won the toss, we're going to do this because, you know, and there, there's a little bit of that with, with Jason Garrett too, that that was the kind of thing he wanted them to build too. They wanted to take the ball, they wanted to score first. That's just how that they were. They were going to be built that way, be aggressive. And, and hey, they did that today, and it, and it certainly worked. They set the tone early, and, and it seemed to carry on. But I, then again, I say that, and it's just like, well, I mean, this Eagles team might be pretty bad, you know? Like, I mean, yeah. it's still the sample size is still small. I mean, this could be a bad team. It, it absolutely could be a bad team. I couldn't help but think, like, you, you got – I don't want to get too far ahead, obviously, but Carolina, New York, and then and then you got the uh, the Patriots, and then you get that bye week, and then after that bye week you get Gallup and Lyle Collins coming back and all that stuff. It's like, man, this is – if you play to your capabilities, you can very easily be 5-1 and one at the bye week. Right. Um, I'm not sure I t- where my head was after week one. <laughs> you know, I think I was like, oh, okay, 4-2 would be great, you know. But this is, you know, it's it's just so clear. And this is, look, we talked about they would have moonwalked to the, you know, I've said it many times, they moonwalked. We know that. If Dak didn't get hurt last year, they win the division. We know that. It's even more clear this year. Like, with what's going on in Washington right now. Yeah, that Heineke thing's a cute story. But, like, how far are you really going with that? You're going to about week six. And then you're probably going to run disaster, somewhere else too. out there. 
Yeah, New York is obviously very bad. But if you can, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even if the Eagles are a terrible team, like you could you could easily have won this game like twenty one to thirteen, but they put it on them. So you'll take that in the NFL against anybody. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing the Lions. Cowboys do have some, uh, you know, obviously division games left, but they've got some tough opponents. I mean, they're playing, you know, the Chiefs. They're playing the uh, the Cardinals. Uh, so the Raiders, uh, who are very good this year, uh, apparently. So, uh, you know, it'll be a tough test outside of, of the obvious division games. And they've got Carolina minus McCaffrey and JC Horn coming up next, uh, KT, which we will preview, uh, in about a day. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get, yeah, go ahead, John. I was gonna say one last thing for me. One of my highlights tonight was, uh, as we're waiting for Mike McCarthy to come to the podium. In walks Dak Prescott wearing an 88 CD Lamb jersey, and he's waiting for McCarthy. And when McCarthy gets you to the podium, Des? he t- yeah, who did I say? Yeah, Dak. Okay, yeah, Des, Des Bryant. And as McCarthy goes to the podium, Des yells to him, "Hey, coach, you know I, that was a catch in Green Bay." And you could totally tell it caught McCarthy off guard. Like, what? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, what? And as he goes to the lead, Kent, he goes, "Yeah, and fix this, Rich." And he didn't say he didn't say that, but it was just funny because there's some people that he said that too. He said that to Rich. That's awesome. How about y'all fix this shit, Rich? It was one of the highlights of my night. I wasn't expecting that at all. McCarthy's like, no, it wasn't a catch. I remember. I'm the one who challenged it. It definitely was. That would have been funny if they had a little back and forth. I would have loved that. Yeah. Or or what if he's like, well, I don't know. Did you watch the game last night? There's still four minutes to go, and uh, we have Aaron Rodgers in the game. Look what he did with uh, about less than forty seconds. I think he would have been fine getting down the field. But no, he didn't get in. He didn't get into any of that. He he uh, he was he he laughed and he was a, a good sport about it. But yeah, that's funny. Good, good to see Des had to uh, that in there. Su- supporting. Uh, I, I will say this, and I'm not. I'm, I won't harp on it, but it is interesting to see guys because it's, it's a, when it's a Monday night game or a Sunday night game or whatever. It's in the in the spotlight. You know, when you've got Shell. Um, tweeting the stuff he was tweeting at halftime, and Bill Barnwell and Peyton Manning. And that was interesting. Guys, like that's something that does kind of spread like wildfire. A little she, more. She said that if that hiding on a Sunday. She said you know? that they should teach a college course on the PR that job good. that they did for Mike McCarthy to get him this job. Like it's a world class. Like they could they could do lectures on it. Like that. That's one of the best tweets I've seen ever about Mike McCarthy. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, and I agree with it to a certain extent, but. It also comes back to like how many coaches have won a Super Bowl. Like that obviously helped his resume. You know what I'm saying? Like you could sit there and have a good PR run on a lot of guys, but the fact that he did that and he had that success against the Cowboys, like that helped. That helped him as well. You know? Yeah, and also like one thing that I will give him credit for, and Peyton Manning said this on the broadcast as well: the fact that he kept Kellen Moore because as an offensive guy, would have been really easy for him to come come in implement his system, his terminology, everything that he wanted to do. But I do think he deserves a lot of credit for I, I know we I know we blame him for a lot of the stuff that he is doing, but I'm saying for the stuff that he didn't do and not replacing Kellen Moore, he definitely deserves credit. I'm giving for that. Jerry credit for that because I think that was part of the deal. Uh yeah, yeah, you're probably right. All right, then what do you then if you feel that way about that, then do you give him credit for Dan Quinn or do you feel that that's his hand was forced to get rid of his DC and this guy was clearly the best, you know, available DC out there. It was a no-brainer to hire him. I think uh they gave Mike a chance, said bring your guy in, and then they said, "All right, 
that didn't work. Now we're going to bring our guy the in. The hell was that? Yeah. Because let, let's be honest, Dan Quinn is not jobless right now if, if it isn't for the Cowboys. He's somebody else's DC sure, right now. Right. He was getting a job. And they had to act fast on that because he was going to take one somewhere else, you know? I, I just think McCarthy took the job knowing that Mc, that Kellen Moore was going to be the OC. Like, that was that's what the Cowboys wanted. They wanted to keep him. Sure. So. Sure. And if he wanted to play. stay, if he wanted to stay, so oh, yeah. Real, real quick, because you can't have this. If you can't have this conversation after a big win, then you know what the <laughs> hell are we even doing, right? Oh boy. <laughs> NFC power rankings. Where are the Cowboys? Oh if one. Seven, if seven teams make the playoffs. Oh man! After this week, I'll go Rams, Bucks, yeah. Packers, Cowboys. Probably that'd be my ranking. Yeah. I'm putting the Cardinals ahead of them, but uh, but yeah, I'm right there with Kent with the Cardinals ahead as well. Yeah, and then and then they're in a mix with like the Saints and a, there's a few others that are in there. But Seattle, to, yeah, but it doesn't really matter because they're not in the NFC West, so they don't have to worry about all that. They just have to win this dumpster fire division, which there's no excuse that they don't, and then they're rolling. Because then then you get to host a playoff game, and the biggest thing for me is like whether you rank them one or seven or five or eight it the bottom line is that wherever it is they're not that far from one like in terms yeah. of like it's not like that whoever's you have at one right now you're just like yeah they can't play with them yeah they can there, there's just there's not a team in the nfl right now you're just ah, yeah i don't know about that team you don't want to well, see them again we'll see what happens with Washington, but there's a path to going 6-0 and in the division that's very clear based on who you have. And I'm not sure that path exists for the other teams at the top there. Maybe Green Bay, but Minnesota could be something. Like the yeah. Rams are going to have to beat, you know, when you go play the Cardinals and the Seahawks are all going to beat up on each other. So going to be a two or a three seed is, is not like crazy. I, just, I guess what I'm saying is there's a difference in backpedaling into the playoffs at near 500 like Washington did last no, year. No, 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 and no, then no, go, no. And going, hey, we're 12 and 5 and we're a legit, or, or, or we're, you know, 13 and 4 might be asking a lot or whatever, and we're a legit player in the NFC. There's a difference yeah, in how, how it ab- feels. Absolutely. They're not Washington from last year, especially Washington going in there with Heineke. No, there's just, there's, they're way better than that. And I mean, you already seen the way that they played against the Bucks to start the season. And I don't think it would be much different if they played the Rams or Arizona. Like I'm not necessarily saying that they would win right now. I don't think that any of those teams are just blowing them out of the water. It's not going to be a, a good game, especially if, if you, if you're talking about the atmosphere that was here tonight and they're hosting the game in the first round, they can hang with any of those teams. Yeah. And again, this is still like without three of their top 20, 25 players, Lyle Collins, Demarcus Lawrence and Michael Gallup. I mean, that, that, that's really impressive. 93,000 good crowd at AT&T stadium. I, I will say this, Monday night, Eagles, first home game in a long time since the pandemic. Hey, it's easy to be rowdy. Where are you going to be on a noon game Sunday against Carolina? Because do it again. Uh, and I, I think we'll see if the crowd's up for it. You know, a big part of the crowd being into it is your team getting out to a big lead and playing in an explosive manner. I mean, you hit CeeDee Lamb on a deep pass on your first possession – Hey, that kind of sets a tone all night as well. So, you know, but I, hey, I'll tell you, Zeke, Zeke getting first down runs and doing the feed me gesture, though, that still man. rides big time with the fans. Like they still oh, yeah. get into that all day long, even if it is a seven yard carry to get a first down. Like they still were really. And again, Jimmy at halftime, man, that place was rocking. Like I'm telling you, like I've been at I've been at the Seattle playoff game that they won here. 
plenty other times against the Eagles, other NFC East teams. This is as loud as, as I've heard it. I mean, they were, this was a great, great. How stoked are they going to be when he did the ring of honor, uh, induction, oh. man, that place is going to be lit. I cannot wait for that. Apparently all I have to say is how about them Cowboys? And, yeah. And he will. How long have they been waiting for him to say that in that building? You know, like that, that was just a lot of energy being let out. I feel it like. really was. It was awesome. How about them Cowboys? Well, you know, they've been, you know, kind of mediocre for about 25 <laughs> years since you've been gone. Um, um, anything else that we need to hit on Kent, John, son? We'll be back, um, short, short week this week because, um, shorty. because of a shorty. So we'll, uh, we'll be back and, um, talking Panthers. Oh man. Talking Panthers. I look forward to it. Get stoked. With sharp teeth and claws, we'll be here for Saad Yusuf, for Father John Mashoda, live at AT&T Stadium in a, in a weird uh, closet. Oh, they uh, turned the lights off. Thankfully, <laughs> yeah, somebody came back by, and then they turned them back on. So, Is it, Get out of there with a box of mac and cheese, John. Um, yeah, well, I got to go right now, so. Oh, yep, yep. And you can all read that on the athletic. Yeah, please do. Please yeah. do. A lot of good stuff is going to be in there tomorrow morning. As soon as you wake up, grab your coffee. And- Get on The Athletic. And uh, for our producer, Kent Garrison, I'm KT. We will see you soon, or hopefully, um, because we're going to preview the Panthers. Because they're coming, and they're going to be here before you even know it. All right? So that's that's Cowboys win. Bye. About them Cowboys. How about y'all fix this shit, bitch?